Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome to another PEM podcast, Psychic Mystery Eye, Psychic Eye Mysteries, Psychic <laughs> Eye Mysteries. Um, yeah, Psychic Eye Mysteries. I don't even know. I'm stopping the recording. This is ridiculous. Hello and welcome, welcome, welcome. We've got another edition of the PEM podcast, um, Psychic Eye Mystery podcast starring me, Victoria Laurie, and my fabulous sidekick, my sister, Sandy. Um, hey happy yeah. new year. It's happy our new, new year. Our happy new year. Happy new year. Happy podcast. new year. Happy new year. This is uh, an episode that really doesn't have a number. We're kind of inserting it <clears throat> in between two others um, because we're kind of going off track a little bit. We're talking about 2022 overall. Um, so we kind of wanted to pull it out of the mix and make it its own unique thing. So it's a focus on the future. And I have my sister to, to thank for this format. She's my sister is like, the most fabulous um, sidekick ever. <laughs> she really, yeah, she's feigning dying right now. Um, uh, no, she comes up with the um, all of the notes. She comes up with all of the stories. She comes up with um, all of the agendas. She's blah awesome. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Oh, come on, let me plug you. I love you. All right. You. So, in honor of New Year's, we have our New Year's cocktails. Well, I didn't have any, I, I wanted to do a grapefruit gimlet and I didn't have any, I have everything but the grapefruit. So, um, that would have tasted not good. <laughs> I know. Right. Just like gin and simple syrup, sage, simple yeah. syrup. So, yeah. um, I'm having a, a little Cointreau, um, very nice open bottle. The recipe is open bottle, open bottle in. Cointreau. <laughs> yeah. But if you're interested in a, just a fantastic, um, gimlet, if you're a gin drinker, um, again, I'm pulling from the William Sonoma cocktail book, which I highly recommend. Yeah, let's get them as a sponsor before we continue to plug their book. No, no, they're Same. good. They're good. They're good. But if they want to send money our way, we won't say no. <laughs> we will never say no to money coming our way. Okay. So for the grapefruit, grapefruit and sage gimlet, it's two and a half ounces of gin, one ounce of fresh grapefruit juice, one half ounce of sage simple syrup. So if you're if you're looking to actually make this according to the recipe, sage simple syrup basically is a one-to-one -one ratio of water to sugar, throw it into um, a saucepan, um, bring it to kind of a simmer so that all the sugar melts um, and put in some pieces of sage, just some sage leaf and um, it'll infuse in there and you've got your simple syrup. Um, and then one grapefruit slice and one fresh sage leaf. And isn't that beautiful for our viewing audience. Isn't that gorgeous? Yes. yes. I've it actually, is. I've actually had this puppy and it's, it's wicked good. It's really, really delicious. So if you're looking to have a cocktail on new year's day or in the day after new year's day, the second, since it's still the weekend, um, you now have a recipe. And since, what are you drinking again? What are you drinking? I have a blood orange mimosa. So mm. it's open a bottle of blood orange juice, so pour it in, mix in some champagne. And there you go. Yum. Deliciousness. Do you like my necklace? I do. Where'd you my get it? My sister got me this beautiful, beautiful um, kind of choker. Um, you were in Vermont when you got this? You went up to I was. Vermont? Yes. yes. This is my birthday present. Um, and it's made from piano wire. Isn't it pretty? It is. It's so pretty. Magnetic closure. I love it. It's a safe way to have piano wire around your neck. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oh my God, we should have done, um, we're not plugging the book that this would be perfect for. Um, we can do that next time. We can do that next time. I'll wear it again. I'll yes, wear it again. Please. Yeah. The same way to piano wire on your neck. You're terrible. Um, yeah. So anyway, so we're talking about the future. Um, and <clears throat> since we're talking about the future and that's my specialty, um, Sandy suggested that I um, promote the book win. Um, this is, um, this book I wrote literally in two weeks. I literally wrote it in two weeks. That was my challenge. Um, if you go on Goodreads and you, you can actually find the blog where I was chronicling, I think word count, word count or page count <clears throat> at the time. And over the course of 14 days, I wrote 12 days out of the 14, um, and, uh, cranked it out, but it, it was a story that I'd had in my head for about seven years prior to. So that's why I'd like kind of went along quickly. Um, and um, I've always loved the premise. The premise of the, of the book is um, there's a, um, a teenager, she's 16 year old Maddie, Maddie Finn, 
um, and she has the very unique ability to be able to read the date um, when someone will die. So basically she sees like floating black um, digits um, on someone's forehead and um, she sees it on, um, on people that are in front of her. She sees it in, on people in photographs. Um, she sees it uh, people in, on television. So she knows basically when everybody is going to die. Um, including herself. <clears throat> and um, a serial killer. <laughs> conveniently. Yes, conveniently <laughs> comes to town. <clears throat> and um, Maddie reads for um, a woman who comes to see her, who is interested to know if she should give her young daughter um, cancer, uh, continue her young daughter's cancer treatment due to the fact that um, she doesn't want her daughter to suffer any more than she already is. And um, Maddie says, oh yeah, you know, you'll, she's going to live a long life. She'll, you know, this is her death date. And then the woman has a billfold. Um, <laughs> that's my talk. There's a, there's a moose in your house. <laughs> Emmy wants to join the conversation. Um, anyway, uh, and she's like curled up with a blanket over her, but you know, she's just, she wants to enjoy the, the conversation. Anyway, so uh, Maddie points to another fo uh, photo in this woman's billfold of, it, of this woman's son. And she sees that he's going to die the following week. And um, she doesn't believe her. The woman doesn't believe her. The son dies the following week and the FBI then come, come into play and are like, mm, we think you're the suspect, Maddie, Maddie Finn. So um, it unfolds from there. Um, it's, it's, a, it's definitely a favorite of mine. Um, it's done very, very well. I love when, thank you, when. <laughs> and a lot of school libraries. A lot of school libraries. Yeah, it's won a couple of awards. Um, so it's done very, very well. Um, and, and I'm super, super proud of it. Um, I loved the whole process of writing it. So yeah, so when? Um, I, keep, I keep getting asked, are you going to do a sequel? And I've, you know, I keep, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I, you know, like I thought, yeah, I could do one called why and I could do one called where <laughs> and how and how <laughs> and who's on first <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly um I don't know I don't know I kind of felt it was sort of a perfect story and I just wanted Maddie to be you know just to be her own have her I'm not going to spoil the ending but just to kind of have her own life um after the end of when so that's why I haven't rushed out to type out another sequel. Um, but I'm, you're I'm just lazy. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I've got nothing. Just going tell everyone on. you're lazy. That'll nothing get you going on. Yeah. It's just, you know, me leading my simple little life. Nothing, nothing much going on. So, um, Sandy then suggested, she, um, suggested that I, um, I talked to all of the budding psychics out there, <clears throat> the ones that are, you know, the people that are, um, working on their own intuition and they are interested in reading for other people um, and are a little bit nervous or hesitant about doing that. And I have a, a fun anecdote from 20 years ago. Um, well, 21 years ago, actually. Um, so I'd been pushed into doing readings by a dear friend of mine, Rebecca Rosen, um, who I had pushed into doing readings. Um, <clears throat> and um, Rebecca was like, you know, just go find a little coffee shop or tea shop mm. <laughs> in that voice. Oh, I know. I, I don't know what her, I don't know what her gig is really. I don't know what her gig is. She's drunk on Quantra. I don't know. It's, it's embarrassing because people are like, what is that noise? I'm not, I swear to God, I'm not torturing my dog. She's absolutely fine. Curl up in her bed. Um, I don't know what her problem is anyway. Um, M chill. I don't know, maybe it's because the door is closed. Anyway, um, so 21 years ago, I find a little tea shop to work out of. And um, the owner is very invested in getting people to, in to um, be read by me because she gets a commission, right? <clears throat> so I think I was, I was charging like $25. I think um, Chris, the owner of the shop, was keeping five. I would keep 20. And um, when you're first starting out, um, it's really difficult to 
decide if what you're getting is intuition or if you're kind of making it up, right? Because it really does feel almost like you are making it up. You're guessing. Yeah. Yeah, Like you're guessing, right? Um, And um, I had zero confidence in my ability. And yet I I had a string of years where coworkers would ask me, you know, about stuff and I'd predict it, it would come true. Um, and, um, God, I'd read runes. Didn't I read runes for a period of time? You read runes. runes And, 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 you know, like I was always super intuitive. Um, uh, but it was like the first time where you're, you're facing strangers, right. And there's pressure because, uh, you're charging. So for the service. So anyway, so this guy walks in and he's wearing a work shirt and, um, I don't remember what his name is. We'll call him Carlos. And he sits down and you can tell that he has been goaded into having a reading with me, right? Because he looks like he wants to be anywhere else other than sitting across from me. And I knew exactly how he felt because he was the first man I had read and I wanted to be anywhere else, but sitting in front of him reading for him. So, um, uh, so I'm like, okay, well, I'll just dive in. Right. So I think the first thing I said was, um, oh, you're going through a divorce. And he was like, no. And I was like, really? He was like, no. He's like, you know, my wife and I are are struggling, but we're okay. And I'm like, okay, all right. And then I didn't, you know, I didn't quite know what to do because like, I really felt he was going to get a divorce. And so I said, well, you know, if, if you guys split, do you have any kids? He's like, yeah, I've two sons. And I say, okay, well, if you guys, if you guys do end up splitting, I feel like, um, you know, you'll get full custody of your sons. And he's just looking at me like, lady, you are, you are fucking crazy. Right. Like he's, he's like, that would never happen. That just would never happen. Right. Even if we do split up, it would never happen. So I said, um, oh, and you're moving. And he's like, no. And I said, oh, okay. Well, um, if, you, you do move, you'll have a view of water. Now this, we were living in, in Florida at the time and water views were expensive, right? And so he, again, is looking at me like I am cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs um, because there's no way he can afford to live on the water. I, you know, you need bucks to live on the water. So, you know, he's just shaking his head and you can tell he's thinking, I've wasted $25, you know, like, God damn it. <clears throat> so I continue, I continue on. And, um, I said, okay, um, you own your, your own business. And he's like, no. <laughs> and, uh, I said, oh, really? I said, I really feel like you're an entrepreneur. And he's like, I'm not. And I, and I have no intention of being an entrepreneur. And I'm like, okay. Well, things are going really well at this point. Really well. Like I'm knocking it out of the park. You are. Right. You are. It's just, you know, he's ready to like take out another $25 at this point. Here's another 25. Here's another. My God. I still wanted to to refund this man at this point. You have no idea. So, um, so then I said, uh, oh, and you're going to school. And he's like, no. (laughs) Okay. At this point, I'm just like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. So then I said, um, the last thing that I said was, um, well, if you and your wife don't work out, I feel like you will fall in love with um, a woman and she'll have a V in her name. And he looked at me like, I'm not falling in love with you, bitch. (laughs) And I was like, not me. It's not me. It's not me. And he's like, whatever, right? So he gets up and he leaves. And he was, he left in kind of disgust. He was, and it was over in 10 minutes. It wasn't like, you know, I could get, I was like, do you have any questions? He's like, I don't have any, I'm done. I'm out. Right. He was. So after this, this reading, I think it was, it wasn't my last one, but he was close to the last one. And I begged Chris, I said, I'm going to go home. Um, And I went home and I just started crying because like, I felt like such a fraud. I felt like, um, you know, what am I doing? You know, these people are working hard for this money. And, um, this is just, this just isn't me. I just don't want to do this. I don't want to be put in that position of feeling like, um, 
I'm conning people, right? And so I called Rebecca and Rebecca is like, Victoria, just stick with it. Just stick with it. Just stay. Just you, you'll get better. It'll be okay. Right. So I did, I stuck with it. And about six months later, this guy comes back in and he sits down and he's like, do you remember me? And I'm like, like, I'll ever forget you. (laughs) And he goes, Victoria, he said, you know, I left here and I thought you were full of it. He said, I thought I'd been conned. And he said, a week after um, you read for me, my wife said, I'm in love with another man. I want a divorce and I don't want to take the kids. So he said, we went through a divorce. We had to sell the house. He said, I moved into an apartment near where I was working. And the only apartment available was on the second floor overlooking the pool. And he said, and right around that time, my cousin called me up and said, I want to start an air conditioning repair company service, and I want you to be my partner. Um, Here is the coursework that you'll need to go through to get certified. So he had, in that six months, he'd gotten certified, and he and his cousin now owned their own business. And he said, um, uh, was that the last? Yeah. He said, um, and then he said, I still wasn't quite convinced. He said, but then about three weeks ago, I met this beautiful woman at a club. I wasn't even looking for anybody. I'm crazy about her. We spend every minute together and her name is Benerva. Exactly. (laughs) Love it. No. So um, to everyone out there who feels like, you know, doing this stuff is uncomfortable and you're taking risks and you could be looked at like you're crazy or you are um, a fraud or, you know, a con. That's the worst thing, you know, being called a con. Um, Because you know me, like you and I are like the most honest people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like that is, that is our gig, right? We don't, we don't lie. We do not lie. And um, so being called a con is like, it's a perfect, you know, it's a personal, like, Um, so um, for those of you out there that are, that are trying, that are trying, keep trying, keep trying. It'll be okay. Even the ones that are like, no, 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 no. You never know. You know, you never know. They can come back around. So that is my, that is my, you can do it. And 20, 21 years later, here you are. Here I am 21, still doing this, still doing this. You know, I truly thought um, it would, I never thought I'd be doing this for 20 years. In a million years, I never thought I'd be doing this for 20 years. I thought, um, you know, I'd be doing it for just a couple and then get tired of it and, you know, move on to something else. Um, The same way I always thought, you know, I'd probably write like um, three books and be done. That was it. That was like, I was, I was, um, when Penguin signed me, they signed me for three books and, uh, I'm like, okay, that's three. And then, then I'll be done. And here we are 36. I'm writing my 37th right now, 37 books later. Um, so you never know. Well, I know for you, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Let me just say being her sister has pluses and minuses. minuses. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you thought that was going to turn out that way. Oh no, Sandy, that's not how that's going to turn out. That's nice idea. Not Mm -hmm. (laughs) move on. You're adorable. Yeah. She tells me that when I have a bad idea. (laughs) Well, you are, you're adorable with with some of your bad ideas, but um, luckily you're pretty damn smart. So my moments, you don't have a lot of bad ideas. You actually have a lot of great ideas. So, okay. So let's dive in. Let's dive in. So we're take it away. Some, some predictions for 2022. Oh, we're doing that. We're not doing the slippery stuff first. I thought. Okay, if you let me, read let me look at the look at the, the itinerary. I'm already fucking it up, folks. I'm already fucking it up. Okay, 2022 predictions. Okay, um, it's going to cause some people to get angry at me. <clears throat> it's fine. Okay, it's fine. Everybody knows that I'm on the scale. I'm a little bit more liberal. So I know that you're going to, I know, I know, I know that you're going to think that this is a little, little more. Um, (laughs) You're going to think that I'm inserting a lot of bias in this. Okay. And that's, you can think what you want, but this is what I'm seeing. So this, um, the first part of 2022 will 
we're going to hear a lot from this January 6th commission, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. I feel like <clears throat> the former guy, the, our former president, Trump, um, is when I, when I think of his energy, I think of someone who's in the middle of like a tangle of string, um, more like a web, right? He, there's no getting out. One overlays the other, overlays the other, overlays the other, overlays the other. And every time I think of him, <laughs> he's always wearing prison orange. <laughs> that might be, might be my bias. That might be my bias, but um, that's the image that comes to mind. So it complements his hair. So it does. You know. It does. No one wears orange better, really, complexion wise, hair wise than DT. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I keep seeing a lot of this um, focus on the January 6th commission, this live testimony that's coming up, these revelations about what took place, um, where the money came from, who was directing all of this, and the repercussions feel just like, um, oh gosh, like a water watershed. There's a watershed of kind of repercussions. A lot of uh, congressional leaders um, and, and one or two or three or 10 senators are going to kind of be caught up in this. Um, and um, it's going to be interested. It gets interesting. It gets a lot more tangled than I think anybody right now conceptualizes or understands. Um, and because of this, because of this live testimony that's being <clears throat> given by these, honestly, these um, cronies of the former guy, these um, people who worked with him, um, who are turning over evidence and giving testimony, trying to save their own skins, um, you're going to see kind of a backlash. And I feel that backlash is going to be um, a little on the violent side, um, quite frankly. So I'm a little nervous about pockets of violence cropping up. It feels disorganized, but it does feel significant. Um, so I was saying to Sandy before we started um, recording <clears throat> that I feel like I don't know that there will be violence violence again on January 6th, but I do know that as this stuff starts coming out, that um, DC is a a place of concern, I think, because I just keep feeling it kind of cropping up in DC, um, which is super unfor unfortunate, really, really unfortunate. And I hope I'm wrong. I really hope I'm wrong. As far as Trump's other legal issues, it's not just the January 6th uh, stuff that's coming out. It is <clears throat> um, the E.G. Uh, Carroll um, lawsuit where uh, she accused him of rape um, and she has a defamation lawsuit against him. She's, she's refusing to settle. So that's coming down to DNA evidence. And I feel like that will definitely be decided in her favor. Um, <clears throat> and then there is the... New York AG, um, who I believe will be bringing forth <clears throat> charges of racketeering and fraud. And that is going to extend for a, a long period of time. That case will extend for a long period of time because there's a lot, there's a lot to go through. There's a lot to go through. So um, that's all evidentiary kind of, you know, documents and testimony and blah, blah, blah. It's a huge case. It's not a simple one, you know, one year and done. It's a huge, huge, huge case. And then there's the Manhattan DA as well, who's also going to bring a suit. Um, uh, and then, as if it weren't enough, then um, there's the Dominion, right? Dominion's going to bring a suit. Um, Dominion uh, was responsible for the voting machines. And... Um, I really think that as more and more comes out of the January 6th commission, um, uh, Garland uh, is going to have no choice but to bring some charges as well. Um, so it's uh, a tangled, tangled, tangled web. <clears throat> and I feel like Trump is kind of getting it from every single side and it feels um, simultaneous is kind of what it feels. Like it's almost like they need to schedule when when he'll be able to make court because he needs to be in court in so many different places. So this gets really complicated, convoluted. 
um, it's hard to, it's going to, I think it's going to be hard to pay attention to what, but the, but the riveting part, I think will be the live testimony. That's going to be the part that, um, people will pay the most attention to the live January 6th, uh, testimony. When I look at Liz Cheney, who's the co-chair of that committee, um, I can feel, I can feel that she's got a target on her back, literal, literal target on her back. Um, I'm not necessarily worried for her safety, but I know that um, people are looking to, to remove her. Let's say that. Um, <clears throat> I do believe that she's got enough security and that she'll be fine, but I can feel this energy kind of coming at her and it's vicious and intense and she is not backing down at all. She's actually using that to go full steam ahead. So there is no scaring this woman off this course. Um, she's going to get, she is absolutely going to get to the bottom of it. Um, and then, okay, so let's bounce off of that because that's a lot of politics. And I know a lot of people are like, eh, screw you, Victoria, whatever, don't care. Um, let's get to the economy. Um, the economy looks like a steam engine that is only just started starting to get revved up. It, it's this locomotive that has a shit ton of fuel for a shit long period of time. So I think for at least the next two years, the economy is just roaring, absolutely roaring. And we are um, not literally, but we're, we're basically pulling the rest of, of the world kind of out of the pandemic um, depression um, or recession um, that we went through. So from that front, US economy looks like it's firing on all cylinders. It looks like it's going gangbusters. So I think it's a it's a it's a good time actually to invest and um, not necessarily worry so much about your long-term finances. I think that along with <clears throat> the economy roaring and doing really, really well, you'll see some legislation finally pass in Congress that, that will again fuel that. So I don't think that the big infrastructure um, bill, the, the 1.75 or whatever mansion, Senator Manchin was agreeing to before he wasn't agreeing to <laughs> um, vote for. Um, I think that's going to get broken up into three, into three parts. I see at least two parts passing. The third one is iffy. Um, so that's, that's also going to help fuel um, the economy, which is great. Um, and it, it, there's a lot of, um, the energy that's coming out of that feels like it's focused and concentrated <clears throat> on training um, and uh, education. So that's good um, because our workforce is like, we do, we're at 4% unemployment now. It's like, it's bad. You know, you, know, you can't find anybody to get to work. <clears throat> so I feel like there's gonna be a heavy concentration on trying to get the workforce back to work. Um, and um, when I look at the supply chain bottleneck, um, I'm feeling like that's starting to really improve by April. And then by July, we've basically gotten out from underneath it, from that bottleneck, it's open wide. And once again, commerce is flowing back and forth. So um, as that happens, you'll see inflation fall, which is another good, uh, another good sign. And I think another reason why the economy is just gonna be roaring on all, all cylinders. As far as COVID, oh, fuck, this goddamn pandemic, right? We're all so sick of it. So I had, I had predicted <clears throat> last year that there would be a wave in Delta, and there was, and it was bad. And then I had predicted that another wave was going to come right around now. Um, and I thought it was Lambda. You know, in, in my mind's eye, it's just a wave. It's not necessarily named. Um, so it's obviously Omicron. Um, and I said, I said at the time, you think Delta is bad, you just wait. This one's going to be just horrible. And it is. It is. It's really, really, really bad. <clears throat> and I don't even think <clears throat> most of us understand how bad it is. It's not necessarily like the lethality. It's what it does to the healthcare system. In many, 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 many states, um, especially some of the southern states, just the healthcare system goes under. It just goes under. It just implodes. There just is chaos and nobody available, no beds available, nobody available to take care of, of people. No ambulances, no paramedics, no nurses, no doctors. Um, and <clears throat> it's a real, real crisis. And I think it, it 
that's the wave. This is the wave that I think, think will kind of break the healthcare system, um, which is really sad. Um, and I don't have a, um, I don't have a, like any bright news about that. Um, I think that it's just going to have to be one of those things that we have to wait until the wave just passes. I do think it's going to pass um, no later than April. So the repercussions of this Omicron, I think will pass no later than April. Hopefully it'll be sooner. Hopefully we'll see a peak here in a, in a couple of weeks and then in February it'll be much better. But there's this feeling of it lingers, it just lingers. And I think in those states where the um, vaccination rate is under 60%, um, that's, that's what's really prolonging this, um, kind of prolonging this thing. Um, and then once we get into April, April through um, what looks to me to be the end of August, um, if not early September, and hopefully it includes September, um, is, is super calm again. So where we had a summer where we were enjoying ourselves and, you know, walking around without masks and feeling vaccinated and bulletproof and all of that good stuff, I think that we'll get back to that again. I do think that there'll be a fourth booster, a fifth booster, booster, and then there'll be, I think, a sixth, and the sixth is the last one. So I was, I was reading on Twitter not too long ago that there is <clears throat> a vaccine where I think the RNA molecule that they've built is built like a soccer ball. So it's not like this flat thing and they stick one little protein spike on it. It's actually built like a soccer ball, octagonal. So it's got um, some flat surfaces and so they can stick on 20 spikes, 20 protein spikes uh, instead of just one. So um, it will completely protect you from any variants of COVID in the future. Um, and the even better news is that it's being developed by one of the, I don't know if it's health and human services, but it's, it's being developed or veterans or something. Um, it's being developed by a government run facility. So it'll be free, which is fantastic. So um, uh, that's, I think the sixth booster. And I think that that's going to come out. I know it's past the first trials and done really well, <clears throat> has two more trials to go. Um, it doesn't feel like it hits here as soon as I want it to, to get going. Um, and it may, may be that because it's a much more complicated molecule, it takes longer to develop. But I keep thinking that that's going to be fall of 2023 rather than 2020 um, in 2022. I think it's going to take a year beyond um, this coming fall. That's might be why we have a fourth and a fifth booster is uh, my feeling. I think that um, the number of people that in the United States that will succumb to COVID, um, you know, kind of one of the quote unquote, final tallies. <clears throat> um, and this is hard, this is hard to say. Um, I think it'll exceed a million. Um, I, that I, I, there are no words. I just, I, it just, it just, I can't even, you know, I thought 700, when I'd first seen this pandemic and how bad it was going to get, I had said, we'll have three quarters of a million people dead. And we hit that. And I remember people going like, there's no way that's gonna, that number is gonna be. And we hit it and we've surpassed it and we're on our way. So I'm feeling like between 1.1 and 1.2 million people, um, I think will perish um, once this is all said and done, which people please get vaccinated, please get vaccinated. Um, the healthcare system that I was talking about that kind of feels like it's going to um, implode on its own weight. Um, I think that one of the things that I'm seeing in the future is this effort to kind of restock the shelves of doctors and nurses. And um, it's interesting because in my own personal readings, if I do a reading for someone who is thinking about going into healthcare or thinking about going into nursing, I just keep seeing money money all around them. And I'm like, you have no idea how much money you're going to make. You're going to make a shit ton of money being a nurse. And it's because we need to restock the shelves. And so this is a premium um, skill and um, top dollar will be paid. So if you are thinking of a career change, or if you are thinking, um, if you're young and you're thinking, gee, I'd, you know, what, what do I want to be when I grow up? Consider nursing because you will have job security forever 
and you will have a fantastic salary, fantastic salary. Um, so if you're, if you want to go for the money, that, that would be the industry that I would go into doctors. I'm seeing incentives from hospitals, from counties and from States to, um, uh, fund their student loans because there's such a shortage. So, <clears throat> um, there's this effort, this, this all in effort. Interestingly, I don't see that money coming from the federal government. I feel it's coming from the state level. So each individual state will try and shore up their inventory of doctors. And probably they'll have, you know, a clause in there, like we'll pay your student loans, your medical student loans, um, if you agree to work in the state for the next seven years or something like that is sort of the feeling that I have. Well, the rural, um, the rural hospitals are the ones that have been the most devastated throughout this entire pandemic. So right. the ability to re re-energize those more rural hospitals mm-hmm. where it's not impossible for someone to seek medical care right. without having to drive 50 to hundred miles. Right. I think, I think I can easily see where states would be investing in people right. to come into those situations in particular. Exactly. The other problem though, the other problem is, is that um, the healthcare worker shortage is a global issue and everybody's going to be vying for medical students and nursing students. So again, if you want to go into something where the money will be pretty much secured for the next 25 to 30 years, healthcare, that's my recommendation. Um, Let's see. I do believe there is a really, really solid chance that the Voting Rights Act um, will actually pass. I was very doubtful of of that up until about three or four weeks ago, and then something shifted. something significant shifted. And I don't, you know, I've been on Twitter, I'm like looking, uh, cause I'm a, I'm a political, I was a political science major, of course I'm a political hack um, <clears throat> and political junkie. Um, and I couldn't really find anything specific that pointed to that, but something shifted, something in the energy shifted. And I feel that although it'll be a little bit watered down, um, I do believe that the Voting Rights Act will actually pass. Um, I'm not gonna to touch the midterms because um, number one, nothing about the midterm elections has really been decided in the ether yet. And number two, um, a lot of stuff is shifting in January, February, March, and April. A lot, a lot, a lot is shifting. Um, and it's mostly due to this January 6th commission and the testimonies that are coming out of it. So um, those are my, my just my little, um, tops of the topics. Um, I usually go really in depth in a newsletter that I put out. And, um, so sometime in early January, I'll be putting out another newsletter with this information and probably more, um, stuff like, um, I haven't even touched on the weather, the wildfire season, the hurricane season, um, all that stuff. So there's still, there's still a lot to dig into. So those are, that's my kind of future forecast for 2022. Fantastic. And how can people get your newsletter? They can go to Victoria Lori, Lori is spelled L-A-U-R-I-E, victorialori.com, and just click on the button that says sign up for my newsletter, and there you go. Excellent. You can sign up. <laughs> I, I think that your predictions are always fascinating, and I very much Thank appreciate you. your sharing your insights. Um, Thank you. I'm not always right either, guys. You know, I've probably got like a 70%, 75% track record. Um, so but that's because things continue to shift, you know, different oh, absolutely. behaviors affect absolutely. different things. Absolutely. So. You know, absolutely. So if you don't like something that I said, just be like, oh, she's going to be wrong and see. All right. So in the spirit of the future and to bring um, a little bit more lightheartedness to some of the things that are about to unfold, I, I took a look at some of the top scandals that happened in 2021 that haven't yet been resolved and thought it might be fun to see if you have an insight on any and or all uh, of the following. So I thought we'd start with poor Alec Baldwin. Uh, So on October 21st, he became the center of a tragedy when he fatally shot and killed cinematographer Helena Hutchins and injured the director Joel Souza with a prop gun on the Bonanza Creek Ranch set of the movie Rust. Baldwin is not only a star of the film, but he's also a producer, and he claimed in an ABC News interview that he did not pull the trigger of the gun 
and believed he was rehearsing with a firearm prop that was loaded with fake bullets. In addition to Alec Baldwin um, currently being investigated, the assistant director, Dave Halls, and the movie's head armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, are also among the crew members that are uh, being looked at very closely. So uh, in my mind, I'm thinking maybe Alec Baldwin was actually set up uh, for this and, or was it simply a tragic accident? Um, I looked and looked and looked for a culprit and couldn't find anyone. Um, so I don't think he was set up. I think, I truly think it was an accident. I, I really think it was an accident. I do think he put pressure on the trigger and it went off. Um, and, um, I think it was an absolutely tragic accident. I feel so bad for Hannah, um, because it was her responsibility. She was, this was a tight budget. She was cheap. Um, even though she's the daughter of <clears throat> a very famous prop guy, um, prop handler, um, who taught her kind of everything. Um, I just think that this gun was on a cart. It was not thoroughly checked. There was a bullet in the chamber. Um, and it's so, it's so sad. It's so sad, but I just, I can't find any conspiracy. Yeah. There's just yeah. no, they are there. So, um, and I looked, I'm like, I'm, I'm thinking the crew I'm thinking, um, you know, of someone who might come onto set, because again, this was a low budget film. They couldn't afford a lot of security. Um, and I just can't find anybody. I just can't, there's just no, there's no, no pun intended, but there's no smoking gun. So, okay. Excellent. I think it was an accident. Sad, a sad accident. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's move on to, uh, the whole Jeffrey Epstein sex scandal, um, with Prince Andrew, uh, about to enter into legal proceedings, uh, as early as January 4th. Um, and then the other interesting thing that just happened is that Ghislaine Maxwell was convicted right before the holidays for her um, effort as part of Jeffrey Epstein's like sidekick per se. Um, so uh, two questions come out of this. One is what's the fallout of Ghislaine Maxwell's conviction? And then secondly, um, this lawsuit that Prince Andrew is facing right now, um, he was accused by Virginia Guifrey, I can't say her name, I'm sorry, who claimed that Andrew um, sexually assaulted her when she was only 17 and he was about 40 years old. She has been very public about the fact that she's holding the prince accountable for what he did to her. And she does not feel that because he's powerful or rich that he should be exempt from uh, his responsibilities. Andrew, on the other hand, has claimed he has no recollection of meeting Virginia and has denied all wrongdoing. And in October, his lawyers claimed that their client never sexually abused Virginia and that their, uh, her allegations were financially motivated. So as I said, uh, court proceedings begin January 4th. Andrew's um, attorneys are gonna try and get the case dismissed. Uh, but if it continues, then there's gonna be depositions via video. And um, the tricky part for Andrew is that he is actually on the record for saying that he had nothing to do with Virginia. So if he settles this case, it would be an acknowledgement that there is some truth to our allegations. And then anything that is captured during discovery can be susceptible to criminal charges. So um, Andrew's, Andrew's in a world of hurt. <clears throat> um, truly he's in a world of hurt. Um, the firm that handles the Royal family is knows he's guilty. Um, he is absolutely guilty. Um, and this whole bullshit about how she is, um, his accuser is um, uh, financially motivated. Of course she fucking is. Of course she's fucking motivated for finances. He fucking raped her, you know? Like, yeah, make him pay. Make him fucking pay. Um, he's, she's 100% not the only girl he did this to. And, um, but she's the most credible. And she, she provides the most specific, well, she's the most credible because of the photograph. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I think that he was a regular on that ranch. Um, he feels like he was a regular and I feel like there were dozens and dozens and dozens of girls um, that he, you know, slept with knowing that they were underage. Um, so, you know, I'd love it if there was some sort of criminal charge brought against him. I don't see that at all. I see him. Um, there's settlement, 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 settlement. Um, and then he just quietly, they just quietly move him, <clears throat> remove him kind of from the family seal. So he just goes to live in the country somewhere. Um, 
fucker. Um, as far as the fallout from Ghislaine, <laughs> wow, there's a lot. There's a lot. She's got a shit ton of evidence. Um, so you're going to see, <clears throat> you're definitely going to see Bill Clinton um, go down for a lot of this. Um, I think that. Um, um, Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Bill Gates. Oh, man. Yeah. He's going to end up in a world of hurt. <clears throat> um, Trump. Just another one you know, kind of just another one. Um, and many, 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 many more, many more. Um, and these are wealthy, wealthy, powerful judges, lawyers, Congress people. Um, yeah, the list will be long and the fallout will be bad as it should be. As it, it should, should be. be, yes. Yeah, it should as be. it should be. Yep. I want all of those fuckers to go to jail, um, or at least to pay. Um, all of them. All of them. Go. Get them off. Um, yeah. So I know that people are speculating, oh, she's got a target on her, her back, like Epstein, you know, had a target on his back. Um, she is being protected like nobody's business, um, like nobody's business. So I do not expect her to wind up, you know, suddenly dead. Um, I do expect a parade of famous names um, and powerful names um, to be trotted out, which is good. So it's interesting because 2022 is a lot about exposure, right? Yeah. It's a lot about the reveal. We've kind of been under the veil of a curtain, um, all of these rumors, all of this, and like the conspiracy theory stuff, you know, the QAnon shit, bullshit. Um, <clears throat> all of that stuff is like the smoke, you know, smoke and mirrors kind of thing. And 2022, the fog is definitely clearing and we're starting to see truths lifted out one after the other. And it's going to reshape the way we think a, a, kind of about ourselves, kind of about the country, kind of about all of our congressional leaders, the people that we, you know, admired, um, both on the right and the left, um, and even in the middle. Um, so it's, I think 2022 is going to be very interesting from the standpoint of information. The worry I have is that it's so much, so fast, it's going to be overload. So it's kind of like, you can't kind of take it all in. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting. Okay, so uh, thank you. I am a, hate to say it, but a big fan of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And the reason I like the show and have been a dedicated fan since its inception is because I like the eye candy. I like to see their outfits. I like to see their lush homes. I like to see the vacations they take. And given that we've been you know, locked up in our homes for the last two years and you can kind of get away through their their experiences. It's been an, a lighthearted um, experience for lack of a better word. But what's been really intriguing is that each year they try and focus in on a, on a scandal. And the one that's surrounding um, one of the stars, Erica Girardi, is like likely the biggest scandal so far to hit the Real Housewives of any franchise. So in 2020, in November, she announced that she and her powerhouse attorney, Tom, Tom Girardi, and Girardi was um, the Aaron Brockovich attorney uh, in the real life Aaron Brockovich um, case where they went after um, P&E gas. Um, Tom Girardi was part of the law firm, the bigger law firm that came in to help the smaller firm that Aaron Brockovich was assisting. So he has been practicing law forever. And um, he was, I think, 36 or seven years older than his wife, uh, Erica. So she announced in November that they were calling it's true it love, him. Sandy, it's true love. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, <laughs> so after 21 years of marriage, she says we're done. And she later admitted in one of the episodes of the show that <clears throat> Tom had been cheating on her with at least two other women, which caused the cast to kind of go, what? Um, and then between December 2020 and January 2021, Tom Girardi started to face multiple lawsuits that alleged that he had misappropriated tens of millions of dollars that had come in through client winnings. And that included relatives of the Lion Air flight uh, 610 that went down um, earlier that year. And uh, it, members of his firm also uh, accused him of embezzling firm, uh, firm money to support his lifestyle with his wife. 
And that had been on full display on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So it's not like you can pretend they weren't living in a certain lifestyle. It's right there on camera. So in particular, the Edelson PC uh, suit alleged that the couple's divorce was a sham attempt to fraudulently protect Tom and Erica's money and avoid a financial collapse that was likely to come. And then in February of 2021, Tom was diagnosed with late onset Alzheimer's and he was put into a conservatorship and um, his brother is now managing his estate. In this past August, an attorney overseeing the um, firm's bankruptcy case alleged that Erica owed the firm $28 million, the roughly $25 million that she had spent on her company EJ Global and that the firm allegedly covered over a 12-year period. Um, so they were suing her for uh, investment as well as interest. And Erica has consistently denied that she had any knowledge or control over that LLC's operation. So the key questions that have continued to kind of circulate around this is whether Erica was involved and or aware of her husband's embezzlement schemes and the money that he owed to victims. Was their divorce a sham to hide liability for Tom's crimes? And does Tom actually have late onset Alzheimer's? So- what do you think? Okay. So one at a time, um, I don't think she was aware at all. <clears throat> I, re- I just don't think she cared. Um, that was, you know, his thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she just was, he gave her, you know, a blank check. You just go spend the money, just go have fun. Just, you know, you be you baby. Um, and she did. Um, I think that she thought um, this was a faucet that was never going to turn off because he was a famous attorney. Um, she was, she was a dancer, right? Yes. Prior to, yes. Yeah. So she, it's not like she came from a sophisticated business background. No. Um, although, you know, she certainly wasn't stupid by any measure. She's a sharp cookie, <clears throat> but I don't think that she <clears throat> weighed down her, um, thoughts with where does this money come from? I think mm-hmm. she just thought he's a brilliant lawyer. He's famous. This is what he does. He just, he's just wealthy and rich. Um, and he knew so many powerful people. It fit for her. Mm-hmm. It fit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that she had any knowledge actually at all that he was embezzling money. Um, I don't think he told her. I, I, why would he, you know, there's no motivation to tell her. Um, he was the guy that just provided he's 36 years older, 37 years older than her. And that's part of his hero you know, persona, I shall provide, you know, all these riches for you. Um, was their divorce a sham to hide for um, Tom's crime? No, I don't think it was, but it sure didn't hurt um, in her efforts to kind of slide out from underneath any liability. Um, I think that uh, when it started to come out, she absolutely panicked and was like, I got to get out of here any as fast as I fucking can. And, um, I think that she went to the first attorney that she trusted and that attorney was like, you got to get out of there as fast as you fucking can. Girl, you in um, trouble. <laughs> exactly. Molly, you in danger, girl. Molly, you um, in danger, girl. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I think that, uh, she filed as fast as she could just to try and escape any liability, but this is a whirlpool and it's going to pull her under. Um, so, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that she's going to end up broke, 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 like broke, um, and she'll go looking for another sugar daddy. Um, she may find one, you know. She may find one. She actually may find one. You know, she's she's an pretty, attractive woman. Exactly, she's pretty. Um, very attractive and very girl. talented. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and you know, she try. I'm sure she'll try and write a book and blah blah blah. So um, I don't think you've seen the last of her, but I think her money troubles are deep 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 does tom have late stage alzheimer's <laughs> no no wow cool no. you know no he doesn't um i think he's faking it really well i think his brother is trying to save him spare him from prison time it ain't gonna work ain't gonna work so excellent it's like a huge ponzi scheme it is yeah, yeah. it's bad it's bad yeah. i mean he stole from um Orphans and widows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and burn victims and like, fuck. Long list, long, yeah. long, long list. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So turning to more paparazzi oriented, not that the Beverly Hills isn't, but anyway, um, let's talk about Britney Spears. Okay. Landmark case. She uh, 
had a year long battle uh, trying to get released from our 13 year conservatorship and really praised her fans for coming forward with the Free Britney movement. That was a big contributor to her uh, scoring her victory. And then right after she um, became free, per se, she got engaged to her love of five years, uh, 27-year-old Sam Escarhi is, how, I think, how you say his name. She's 39, he's 27. So the question is, will Brittany be able to maintain her freedom from conservatorship? Because right now there's a clause uh, in her agreement that stipulates that if she starts to act irresponsibly, she can be put back into a conservatorship. And then is she going to pursue legal action against her father and or any other family members that contributed to her situation? And then finally, enslavement, enslavement, she was enslaved. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, will the publicity surrounding this case actually help to change conservatorship laws for the better? Because right now they're very corrupt in certain states. Right. So with regard to whether or not she falls back under conservatorship, um, it's it, uh, sadly, it feels very iffy to me. Um, I would love to say she doesn't, um, but I have no confidence of that. It feels very iffy. There is an effort I know to put her back under conservatorship. Um, her father is a relentless piece of shit. Um, he's just a fucker. Um, he's evil. He's fucking yeah. evil. Yeah. Um, he wants to control her. He's always wanted to control her. Um, there's something sick about him. Um, and um, I think he's worried that the longer she's out from underneath his thumb, the more she can talk about how he really is. So he's kind of, I wouldn't say desperate, but he's, he's relentless. He wants her back under conservatorship. Her attorney, she's got a great attorney from what I can feel. Um, she has a great, great attorney who understands the father's motivation and knows a lot more than has been publicly revealed um, from Brittany's side. <clears throat> Brittany feels overwhelmed. She feels like she's had almost like a PTSD kind of thing. Um, <clears throat> um, and I don't think that she wants to pursue legal action against her father because it's too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's overwhelming and it's too much. But her attorney, I think, is trying to prep her that in order to stay out of the threat of conservatorship, she has to. Yeah. So this is like the ongoing battle um, that Brittany is, you know, I don't think she's on the cusp of a mental breakdown, but I don't think that she can take a lot of stress. And I think her father knows that and is applying stress. So um, I'm so glad that she's engaged to this, uh, to this guy. He feels young to me, but he feels very protective of her and he feels, um, mature of thought. So he's not someone who's like a gold digger, you know, like, oh, now I can cash in on Brittany. He feels protective and he feels like, okay, lawyer, what do you need me to tell Brit? You Mm. know, how can I convince her to protect herself? Yeah. So I think she has a great team, um, honestly, surrounding her and trying to protect her. But um, the the threat is real, unfortunately. Mm. Um, I think Brittany really wants to go away, walk away from the entertainment thing. I think she wants to walk away. And um, the more she says that, the more motivated her father is to get her back under conservatorship, which is really sad. Would this change conservatorship laws? Oh God, I wish it would, but it's not, it won't. Um, Unfortunately, because it's just, there are too few of these, Um, you know? Um, She's like the most famous, right? Um, and there are just too few of these um, to actually spur a movement, unfortunately. So I don't think it's going to change anything, which sucks. Okay. Well, that was not what I expected to hear. And I appreciate your insights. Thank I'm you. I'm sorry, honey. It's okay. It's all right. So um, another ugly tale of a man behaving badly, uh, Chris Noth. So earlier this month with the launch of the highly popular Sex in the City serial, serial revival of And Just Like That, the Hollywood Reporter at the exact same time published an article featuring two women who accused Noth of sexual assault. The first woman, uh, her name is Zoe, was 22 years old at the time in 2004 when she claimed that Noth had invited her over to his apartment in Hollywood and then raped her. And then a second woman, Lily, who was a 25-year-old surfer at the now shuttered New York nightclub where she encountered the 60-year-old Noth in 2015, also claimed that uh, Noth assaulted her. 
So shortly after the Hollywood Reporter article was published, a third woman came forward claiming that Noth had forced himself on her in 2010. And then uh, during a press conference in uh, just last week, actually, Lisa Gentile claimed that Noth had accosted her in 2002 in her apartment after he gave her a ride home. So he's denied the first two allegations stating that classic no means no, and that both encounters were consensual. And then since these allegations have gone public, he's been fired from the Equalizer series that he was on. He's been dropped up by his talent agency and even a deal to acquire his tequila line Ambar for $12 million fell through. So, uh, you know, as a result of these four women coming forward, the question is, will he face legal trouble? And I'm sure his acting career is likely over. Um, any, any thoughts on what's next for Mr. Noakes? A lot of hurt, <laughs> a lot of hurt. Um, and I think he's, it's really starting to sink in. Um, he's, you're going to kind of, um, he, I think he's going to kind of go the way of like Kevin Spacey, just like, just disappear. like disappear. Yeah. <clears throat> and he has enough money to do it. <clears throat> um, but the interesting thing is that when I was tuning in on these women, I felt like Gloria Allred was like on the hotline, man. She is all over this is sort of my feeling. So I feel like she will represent at least a few of the women. And I think that there are more to come. Hmm. Um, I think that there are about six in total, six to seven that feel like they want to step forward. When you and I were first talking about this and I had mentioned um, watching, I think it was the Oscars when the first Sex in the City yeah. movie came out and Chris Noth and um, Sarah Jessica Parker were doing a presentation and um, he ad-libbed, turned to her and said, hey, you want to run away together? And she looked at him in absolute disgust and was like, no. <laughs> and that was like, I, I never forgot that. I was like, wow, there's something. something there. is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a creepy factor there. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah. So I think that he's facing civil litigation. Um, I don't think he's, I don't feel he's really facing criminal allegation. He could in one or two cases, but um, that's kind of iffy on whether that, that'll um, proceed. Um, his acting career, this is the other unfortunate part. I don't know that his acting career is over. I kind of feel like, you know, kind of like how Mel Gibson kind of came back, right? I think that at some point in the future, he will try again, unfortunately. Well, he's, he's getting a little old for that. So we'll, well see that. I know he's in his sixties, but like, I feel like he, he will, you know, head off to Europe, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And try, okay. try his luck over there. It sort of makes sense. It just doesn't feel over. I would love for it to be over. I would love to, for him to like go into a closet, close the door and just suffer. But it doesn't, doesn't necessarily feel like that, unfortunately. He's obviously convinced himself that it was consensual. So he you thought wrong. what? I think he's convinced himself it was consensual. Oh yeah, for sure yeah. he has. So so, he, sure. so yeah. in his mind, he ain't wrong. So right. And you know what, Sandy? I will tell you this, and I hate to say this, in at least one of the cases, it does feel a little fabricated. At least one, there's this feeling of I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it doesn't feel rock solid. And I want it to feel rock solid but it doesn't, doesn't feel rock solid, um, but doesn't matter. The guy's still a predator. So yep. Oh, yep. ladies beware. All yeah. right. And uh, on the final one, Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck, Jennifer is back after 2002, when they first got engaged with this massive six carat pink solitaire ring. Um, and then days before the wedding in September of 03, it, it all falls apart. They both go on to marry other people. They have children with other people. And then this past May, fast forward 20 plus years, they're back together. So what do we think? Are they, are they going to stay together forever this time around? <laughs> oh, forever is such a tricky, tricky word. Um, I do think that they'll get married. Um, and I think that the wedding um, will be fairly low key for these two people. So you know, it'll be, it won't be the, you know, big, huge bash, right? The Tom Cruise kind of winning kind of thing, right? I feel it'll be fairly low key. Um, I do think they genuinely, genuinely love each other. I do, you know, the love is real. I really feel that. Um, 
I feel like Jennifer is one of his best partners and has been one of his best partners. Um, but um, Alec, or excuse me, um, Ben, sorry, Ben, Ben Affleck <clears throat> um, is a victim of his own demons. And when life goes really good for him, he starts self-sabotaging. So um, it'll fray, I think, at the outer boundaries of their marriage. And then the concentric circles just kind of get tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, I think he likes to blow his own shit up. So I don't expect them to be married forever. I hope I'm wrong. Um, but I think at the most, it'll probably last a decade at the most is my sense. That's, that's a long time for her. We'll yes. Yeah. Leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So in the spirit of celebrities, uh, want to promote next week's podcast, which is about a famous celebrity, George Reeves, who yes. um, died suddenly in his room. It was ruled a suicide, but I think your insights on this particular case will be extremely interesting and um, kind of reveal the fact that things are not always as they seem. So, Or as they're painted to be. Exactly. Manipulated so to be. So definitely tune in next week uh, for our celebrity profile on George Reeves and his- Who was Superman, by the Superman, way. If you're yeah. not familiar with, uh, he was the original Superman. The original tele television Superman. Yeah. Um, and again, if you want to learn more about Victoria's predictions for 2022, please subscribe to her newsletter, which are always highly entertained, entertaining and coveted. Um, and feel free to forward on the link uh, to fans and friends and anyone else that you feel could be ben benefit from her forecasts. Yes. Thank you for the plug, Sans. I love you, love you, love you. Happy New Year. Happy New yeah, Year. I've already <laughs> consumed my entire Clink. mimosa um, Gosh, through I your predictions. I was like, ah. yeah. Uh, all right. So very exciting stuff. Yes. Hopefully 2022 will be the prosperous year that you have suggested it will be for all of us. Yeah. And that we'll be able to. I think you and I are going to have a good year. It just really feels like you and I are going to have a good year. Finally, finally, we'll have a good year. Okay. Um, yeah, it's, there's a, a real optimistic feeling um, coming from my gut about um, our prospective goals for the year. So fingers crossed. I think we got it. I'm hoping to master a brownies recipe. So I think it can work <laughs> out. Yes, I'll schedule my flight for, you know, that moment. The when brownie taste. The brownies have been perfected. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I'll just arrive with a fork in hand. Get in my gapping maw. All right, awesome. Well, thank you everyone for listening and we'll look thank forward you. to next week's number six, George yeah. Reeves podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, have a happy new year. Happy safe. new year. Take care. Bye. Yay! <laughs>